The main messages this week seem to indicate different things. Abraham and Sarah are blessed for showing hospitality, while Martha is told it's not necessary. St. Paul says we should get out and share the gospel and even rejoice when we suffer because of it. Jesus, on the other hand, indicates that simply sitting at his feet and listening is the better choice. It's not contradictory though, because we're called to love our neighbors, but we're also called to love the Lord. Welcome to the Real Word Podcast for the 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Cycle C of the Roman Catholic Lectionary. I'm Brandon Jubar, and I'll be your guide as we walk through the readings for this week. It's an important process because we believe the scriptures are the inspired Word of God. But to really be nourished by the Word, we need to break it open and look a little deeper. We need to let the Holy Spirit speak to us. Now, the messages I get from these scriptures might feel right to you, but you also might find that the Holy Spirit tells you something else, and that is absolutely all right. So if you're ready, let's dive in. As I said, tonight we'll be looking at the readings for the 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Cycle C. Our first reading is from Genesis, chapter 18, verses 1 through 10a. Our second reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Colossians. It's chapter 1, verses 24 through 28. And our gospel reading is from Luke. It's chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Just a couple things to note. First, we have readings from both the Old and New Testaments. Genesis is from the Old Testament, or the Hebrew Scripture, while the letter to the Colossians is from the New Testament, or the Christian Scripture, as is our Gospel reading. Tonight, we'll see that Abraham says, Quick, bake some bread. Paul says, Christ is working in me. And Jesus says, Take a seat. Okay, let's start by going through the readings, and then we can talk about the messages we find. Our first reading is from the book of Genesis. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great tree of Mamre, while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, If I have found favor in your eyes, my lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way, now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered. Do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three measures of the finest flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice, tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Where is your wife, Sarah? they asked him. There in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. 
Our second reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Colossians. Brothers and sisters, now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions, for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. And our gospel reading is from Luke. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. All right, so let's take a first glance at these readings and ask ourselves, what does it mean? What messages and meanings can we find if we dig around just a little bit? So our first reading was from the book of Genesis, and in it we see Abraham demonstrating a, a level of hospitality that was likely even above and beyond what was normal for that place and time. You know, even today, the, the nomadic herders of sheep and goats who move around the Middle East keep this tradition of hospitality alive, but it was even more important in the days of Abraham. You know, Abraham and, and others like him considered hospitality to strangers to be more than just a social obligation, right? more than, than a way of maintaining personal pride or reputation. It could also be a matter of life or death for them or their loved ones someday. We can think of this hospitality as a way for them to pay it forward, to, to do unto others as you might need them to someday do unto you. Of course, we look at this reading today and probably think that Abraham went a bit over the top, like a four-star hotel concierge type of over the top, and we'd be right. But remember, the, the reading started by saying, the Lord appeared to Abraham. So he definitely had some idea of what was going on. Now, Abraham and Sarah would have shown hospitality to the these three strangers regardless, but because Abraham had seen the Lord, they went above and beyond, doing everything they could to take care of the travelers. Obviously, their hospitality was rewarded because God blessed them with a child. So the main message I got from our first reading is that caring for strangers brings blessings. 
After Abraham saw the Lord, he and Sarah took extra special care of the strangers, but they would have offered them hospitality regardless. Can we say the same? Jesus has told us that our neighbor is anyone in need, especially strangers. And this reading from Genesis makes it clear that caring for strangers brings blessings. Our second reading was from St. Paul's letter to the Colossians. And in the letter, you may have noticed that Paul says he's suffering for the Colossians. He's suffering for them, but then says, I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions. At first glance, it sounds like Paul is saying that the suffering of Jesus wasn't enough, that it was lacking in some way. Well, let me start by assuring you that's not what Paul meant. Of course, what he meant by that phrase isn't necessarily pleasant for us. What, what Paul was writing about is that when Christians suffer for the gospel, that suffering is necessary for the continuing work of the church, because, as we know, the church is the body of Christ on earth. You know, the Gospels of Matthew and Mark, in the Gospels of Matthew and Mark, Jesus says that if we wish to come after him, we need to take up our cross and follow him. In Luke's Gospel, it's a little different, though, and it reminds me of what Paul is speaking about in this reading. In Luke chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus says, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. It's not a, not a once-in-a-lifetime thing or, or even an occasional choice. It's something we need to do every single day. In this reading from Colossians, Paul celebrates this difficult call to serve God and others. He says that he rejoices in suffering for his ministry. He doesn't rejoice in spite of the suffering that he's had to endure, but because of it. One of the mysteries that was hidden for ages and generations is that we more fully share in the resurrection when we suffer in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not about seeking out suffering or getting stuck in a cycle of suffering, you know, never moving on from hardships. That's not what it's about. It's about accepting suffering as a natural and special way that the people who make up the church can more fully share in the resurrection and continue the work that Jesus began. So the main message I got from our second reading is that we are called to rejoice in our suffering. I often talk about how truly believing in diversity means we've learned to value each other because of our differences not in spite of them. In the same way, as a true disciple of Christ, we have to learn the importance of suffering for the gospel. We have to learn to rejoice because of that suffering, not in spite of it. As disciples, we're called to rejoice in our suffering. And finally, our gospel reading was from Luke. And in this reading, we see a, a bit of a tie-in to the earlier theme of hospitality from Genesis. 
Jesus comes to a village and is welcomed into the home of a woman named Martha. Her sister Mary is there as well, but instead of helping Martha, Mary sits at the feet of Jesus, just soaking in everything he has to say. In our first reading, Abraham and Sarah and their servants run around, get water to wash the traveler's feet, they prepare a nice meal for him, and their hospitality is rewarded when Sarah, who was well beyond childbearing years at the time, is able to have a child. In the gospel reading, though, only Martha is scurrying around, trying to show the traditional hospitality to this house full of visitors. So is Martha the only one rewarded? Nope. In fact, Jesus gently teases her. Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. And here, Jesus isn't even talking about what he needs. He's talking about what everyone else in the house needs. So what's the one thing that's needed? What's the one thing that all of those in the house really need? They don't need water for their feet or a meal for their bellies. They need Jesus. They need his teachings, his example, and eventually they'll need the redemption and salvation that he'll offer. In a way, it's, it's the opposite of what we talked about last week. If you recall, we talked about the fact that observing our religious rituals and learning about our faith are important, but they can only be truly authentic if we start by helping those in need. In other words, we're called to get out and do something. We're called to, to put our faith into action. And yet in today's reading, simply sitting at Jesus' feet and listening, not really doing anything, is offered up as a model of Christian discipleship. Well, it's not contradictory, if that's what you're thinking. <laughs> Don't think of the two readings, the, the story of the Good Samaritan that we read last week and the, the story of Martha and Mary as examples of doing and not doing. The Good Samaritan shows us an example of loving our neighbor. The story of Martha and Mary and especially what Mary is doing, shows us an example of loving our God. As Christians, as true disciples of Christ, we need to do both. We're called to do both. We need to love our neighbors, but we also have to love the Lord. So the main message I got from our gospel reading is that we have to take time to be with the Lord. We're all human beings, and one of the ways we show we truly care is to simply be present to someone, to be there for them, to, to listen to them, and really hear what they have to say. The same is true for our relationship with God. Sometimes we need to get up and do, to put our faith into action, but other times we need to nurture and care for that faith by metaphorically sitting at the feet of Jesus. As true disciples, we have to take time to be with the Lord. All right, let's sum up what we've talked about so far. In our first reading from Genesis, the main message I came away with was caring for strangers brings blessings. In our second reading from Colossians, the main message I got was we are called to rejoice in our suffering. 
And finally, the main message I got from our gospel reading was, we have to take time to be with the Lord. Although there's a theme of hospitality in our readings this week, the main messages seem to indicate different things. Abraham and Sarah are blessed for showing hospitality, while Martha is told it's not necessary. St. Paul says we should get out and share the gospel and even rejoice when we suffer for doing it. Jesus, on the other hand, indicates that sitting at his feet and listening, not really doing anything, is the better choice. It's not contradictory, though. It simply illustrates that as true disciples of Christ, we're called to love our neighbors, but we're also called to love the Lord. So let's step back and take a second glance at these readings overall and ask ourselves if our path has become clear. To do this, I'd like to answer two questions. So what? And now what? Okay, so what? Why should we care about any of this? Well, we should care about this because being a disciple requires balance. And maintaining that balance isn't always easy. In fact, being in balance, it it implies tension. Just like the balancing of our bodies, our physical bodies. It's the constant pushing and pulling, the tension between opposing muscle groups. That's what allows us to maintain our balance. And this tension and the push and pull of opposites is also what allows us to move. It's it's what lets us propel ourselves forward. Not falling, but in a controlled way, a balanced way. Our lives and our faith are like that. We're never called to do just one single thing. We're called, we're, we're challenged to do lots of different things. But instead of looking at that as conflict, the scriptures help us to see that tension as something to help us achieve balance. And the last question I try to answer is, now what? What are we supposed to do? Where do we go from here? Well, just like learning to walk, finding balance in our lives takes practice. And if we don't want our muscles to atrophy, we need to use them regularly. So as Christians, we need to understand the interplay of the various points of tension among the many different things we're called to do. So with that in mind, here's your real conversation for the week. Where do you sense tension when it comes to your faith? Find someone you trust and talk to them about this. But instead of talking about how to eliminate or avoid tension, start from the assumption that tension allows us to achieve balance. Then remember that maintaining balance takes practice and it helps to understand the various points of push and pull. So have a conversation and discuss the question, where do you sense tension when it comes to your faith? Well, before I wrap things up, I'd like to leave you with one more quote from Scripture. As you're talking about points of tension so you can figure out how to bring things into balance, remember what we read in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 1. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Remember that tension isn't bad. It's finding balance that counts. But if we don't identify and understand the various points of tension, we run the risk of achieving a false balance. 
And God doesn't want that. The Lord wants us to find and maintain a healthy balance. All right, we've come to the end of our time here together. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back again next week. But in the meantime, I really do encourage you to use this as a starting point. Spend some time with the Bible on your own. Read through a passage a couple of times. Think about it. Pray about it. Try to open up not only your mind, but your heart. Break open the Word and then listen to what the Holy Spirit says to you. The Real Word Podcast is brought to you by The Real Values Project, Real Youth Ministry, and The Real Values Framework. Real stands for respect, engage, accept, and lead. For more information on The Real Values, please visit keepingitreal.club. And finally, the Bible readings used for this podcast are from the Holy Bible, New International Version, copyright 1973, 1978, 1984, and 2011, by Biblica Inc., used by permission, all rights reserved worldwide.